0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fat Buds. Here we're with our uh, special guest, Mr. Luke Thayer. We're happy to have him on.
1: You're now listening to Fat Buds, the J&J production. So, uh, so tell us about yourself. How'd you get started, and and how how'd you end up where you are?
2: Oh, well, you know, I went to school in Bloomington, so went to IU, um, and while I was there, you know, I actually, this goes back even all the way back to childhood elementary school. I had a friend, you know, I grew up just on the far east side of Indianapolis. Warren Township, for those that actually know, okay, okay. Uh, it was in the Warren Township system. Went to Warren Central High mm-hmm. School, and so we i met a guy named steve elementary school you know how you make those connections with people you're yeah. sort of friends you're in they live in the same neighborhood we're together but we're not close friends and it wasn't until senior year of high school we became close friends and then we um were went to college together and our senior years of, of college we were roommates and a house full of guys and so around that time, when we graduated, his sister was doing stand-up comedy in the area, and it was uh, Cracker's Comedy Club, which is, is, I think it's still holding on. Right? Yeah. It's still, yeah. still around there, hanging by a string, a little thread of hope <laughs> left in them. Uh, but when I was there, you know, when I first started, uh, we went there, saw her at the open mic, and this is back when Cracker's was flourishing still they had two clubs they had broad ripple they had downtown they were uh, doing shows tuesday through sunday at broad ripple two yeah. on friday two on saturday they were doing wednesday through saturday at the downtown club two friday two saturday so you know they had you know what what's that you know 14 15 shows a week yeah there. so they were going strong and we went and saw her at the broad ripple club at the open mic and afterwards the as they did every week, they said, if anybody out there would like to try this, uh, go ahead and sign up and you can come back for, a, you know, a future week. And we're like, this is a possibility. You know, it never, never in my life. You know, I don't know if you guys grew up in Indiana, but Indiana oh, yeah. is not a hotbed for the entertainment industry uh, 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 yeah. right now. It's probably at the most it's ever been. The, when I grew up, the best you could ever say about uh, Hollywood or entertainment industry in Indiana was David Letterman was from Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was the claim to fame, right, for us all. And so it didn't really seem like a possibility. I would watch Comedy Central. I would see all that. And so hearing those words from uh, the comic, you know, it, it's very possible it was someone like Matt Holt which i don't know if you guys know him but at the time he was a few years ahead of me in comedy and he was ran the open mic he was featuring places he was kind of the mentor to the younger comics hearing those words of you can do this this is a yeah, possibility yeah. all you need to do is sign up and me and my friend we signed up we were going to be a duo uh, i think that took the fear out of it a little bit i uh, let's let's have a partnership in mm-hmm. this and instead Instead of us doing a duo act, he chickened out because we never got around to writing an act, Uh, which all you got in your very first time at Crackers was three minutes. So he got, you know, we didn't even get around to that. And I was like, well, I I got a couple ideas. Let me throw them by you. He's like, I'm out. I'll go watch you. Um, So I went, did my first open mic. It was supposed to be three minutes. That's you're supposed to light you at two, tell you to wrap it up. And instead, uh, you know, because I had everything very timed out planned in my head. And I didn't, I never got a light and I thought, oh no, I have I've done like all of the three minutes of this material I wrote, I've done in 45 (laughs) seconds and now I got nothing. I ad lib for another 30, 40 seconds. And I was like, well guys, that's all I got. Then the light went on and Uh, I, you know, the next comic I forget if we, we introduced the next comic or if there was a host that came up, I can't fully remember that, but. Afterwards, the person that was running the light was like, hey, you know, you did so great your very first time. We just were going to give you the full six minutes that we give everybody else. Okay. Uh, now, that sounds great as a story like, oh, I did so awesome. But the reality is they probably just forgot to light me. And so <laughs> uh, that's probably what happened. But it's it's more fun to say I was so good on my very first time. I actually got the full amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that, that, two, that was the basic start. <laughs> oh, sorry. I did
0: two minutes and 17 seconds. I had five minutes at an open mic. And like you said, I was like, mm-hmm. so like ready to go. I was like, I had everything planned out and like right there, recorded it and everything. Two minutes and 17 seconds. I got off. I was like, oh, that was good. How long was it? I was close to five, right? And my wife was like, uh, no. Oh yeah. Not even, not even <laughs> close. <laughs> I got a
1: solid two I know, and she wasn't talking even talking about, about your comedy. Too. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. That was the bad yeah. part.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, the first time, it, it has a lot of different stories behind it. You know, some people yeah. have these amazing first times. A lot of comics say they do very well their first time. Some people bomb. I think that just in general, there's an exhilaration that happens of actually breaking the ice and doing oh, yeah. this thing. For the very first yeah. time and it, something something changes in your life you go from having never done stand up to now having done stand up all within that two minutes and 17 seconds yeah
0: it's crazy like you'll get you think you like start <laughs> off doing really good and you start telling all your friends about it and you're like come watch my open mic come watch my open mic and then you learn real quick you don't want them to come watch all your open mics
2: <laughs> no you don't want them at all like that's yeah that's the thing what will happen is they will come see you and support you because they think oh my friends at stand-up and as a new comic gosh we don't know anything when we're brand new you have no idea you think that this is um some sort of fast track to hollywood success uh at least i thought all right so i did my first open mic that's great so uh what what's next i headline this weekend it's like that's (laughs) that's just what, what you know i did i did four minutes i think that i'm amazing and so it's, it's something where we don't know the full journey yet, but we have now broken into it. And so that is, it changed, it changes a lot of things for those people that go up. Now, some people become disenchanted very quickly with it because mm-hmm. they can bomb very quick and they're like, I'm done. I'm ready to be out. Um, yeah. But for those of those that have perseverance and endurance with it, it, it can become something that is a very meaningful our pursuit.
0: Yeah, I, I was literally just at an open mic last night that had four other comedians there. That was it. Four comedians and a yeah. bartender. It's no funny. laughs at all. Tried to do 15 minutes and it's just like yeah. work it out. You I, know? St- I stayed home.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, the, that's the thing. Uh, those are the type of things that happen in New York City a lot. Because there's so many options. you've got the you know the best of the best comics, but you know it, it, people that are starting need stage time too. So yeah. I, when I first moved here, I only done stand-up comedy at the open mics in Indiana for one year or so when I moved to New York City. Wow. Uh, I was thinking like it's gonna be New York is going to be the, the career changing experience that I need. It's gonna yes. and, and what it turned out was, oh, you're brand new. Uh, we don't need you. That's what New York was saying to me, <laughs> and so it was a lot of doing mics in front of four other comics who are not paying attention at all, just mm-hmm. bombing. Uh, and, and it's not even fair to call that stuff bombing. Like you know, I don't know how you felt last night, but doing trying to do 15 minutes. First of all, that's an insane amount of time to have to do in front of four other comics. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that, that's where you should all just break down and go. Let's just workshop some ideas. Let's forget this. Yeah whole pretense of a of a show. Uh, but it's you know, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. And it's not fair to even call it bombing.
0: Yeah. Bombing that's how is you
2: go up in front of a real audience and tank and people don't laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt last night. I was like, I'm just trying to get this fifteen minutes down and then if it goes okay, I'm just trying to get the routine of here's my here's my joke and here's how it's going. Get it out. <laughs> you
2: know. Yeah, get the words. Sometimes that's what we have to do as comics is just get the words out of our mouths. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I've done stand up what three times.
0: Yeah, he's a he's more of the podcasting realm than the stand up realm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I was I was about it, but I was just like, "Mm, it's just not my favorite thing. I mean, I got jokes. I love telling jokes, but just doing it out there is not my vibe.
2: Yeah, well, three times in, you're still you're not even a baby in this thing. You're mm-hmm. a, you're an embryo or a zygote at best. Yeah. yeah. Like there's the the seed of life is in you, but you have not yet been born, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I've I'm only about eight months
0: into it now. And I mean I even just doing like this podcast and having somebody like you come on, I'm like, this guy's so experienced, he knows he must know everything about this business. You know what I mean? It's like I just wanna <laughs> try to pick your brain on that and because you said you moved to new york a year in like that's where i like i'm at right now and i'm like that's nuts i don't even think i could imagine being on a stage over there
2: sometimes just young and naive and dumb is all you need to be (laughs) to make a move like that you know in retrospect there's there's pluses and minuses to it for sure Um, you know you being eight months in that's when I was thinking like I gotta move to New York City you know but I'm in my early 20s I'm you know I'm thinking you know I I was not married I was dating um, somebody but I had just begun dating someone who she's actually was another comic that started a little bit after me there in Indiana Uh, her name's Abby Crutchfield she is now my wife we've been married for a while Um, but she you know we both have that, that was a new relationship. You know, we, we dated other people we were like, we've broken up, we started dating each other, but it was not like we had even marriage commitment or kids or any sort of jobs that, you know, I, I was sort of just out of college. So I had worked at a bank. I did, uh, there's these, uh, on the west side of Indianapolis, they had this test grading center where I would grade the standardized tests of kids in Indiana, but also from around the country. And I, I, it was very easy for me. So I I, I blew through it, but like this case, passing the state test, no matter what, you know, this is a tip. If you happen to have kids out there that take standardized tests and there's a writing uh, component work on their handwriting, because that is a big thing where I could tell by handwriting just usually, you know, I'd read through it some, but like how good this was gonna be. Like, and messy, the messy handwriting automatically I would start seeing grammatical stuff really quickly and it was boom, your grade would start dropping. And so if you can get really good handwriting, you can at least trick the tester into reading it a little bit longer and going, Oh, let me see if there's some thought here. Cause you know, I got, I, I was able to like identify that stuff quick. So anybody that's oh, listening that yeah. has kids work on those handwriting skills, no
0: chicken scratchers,
2: no more nope. chicken scratchers. <laughs> I'm worse nope. than a doctor, man. You can't read nothing. I write down. <laughs> well, I didn't help in them passing them along. That was only yeah. the doctors that would have had a neat handwriting. See a
1: little bit of scribbled eye. You're like, Sorry, man. You're getting held back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Third grade again for you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Where? So, where did you start? Um, like your first real mic, I guess you would say. Like whenever you first got paid to get up on stage and do your five minutes or
2: host or. I still have my first dollar ever made in comedy which Crackers at the time, I don't know if they had been doing this before or if they did it since. I can only speak to that year that I was doing comedy there was at the open mics, they started doing a contest. So every week the audience would vote for who their favorite comedian was of the night. And by round of applause, that kind of thing. And then at the end of that voting, The person who was voted the favorite 100 bucks or something like that, you know, which uh, I don't I don't even know if it was that much, but I think it was 100 bucks. And so somewhere in that first year of comedy, which it doesn't seem like it was too late into it, maybe three or four months into comedy, six months into comedy that i had been doing it. I won one of those. And so I won the hundred dollar prize and i have a you know i i split it up so that i had a dollar out of it so that was my first dollar in comedy (laughs) i you know within that year even i did a christmas party so it must have been because i started just before christmas you know that that late fall and so it was Mm -hmm. probably the year mark that i did a christmas party uh, with a comic that's, uh, you know, per- pretty famous, we're, we're still friends, but um, they're in Indiana, uh, Jeff Oske, who oh, works yeah, I know on Jeff, yeah. Bob and Tom, like, we're, we're, yeah. we're like, uh, comedy buddies from early on, we started around the same time. And so he had gotten a Christmas party gig, and it was me and him. And we were in some, it felt like a basement, you know, maybe 40 people in this basement. And I, I think I was opening with, 15 minutes maybe and he was maybe doing 30 or 40 something like that and you know whatever six months into comedy a year into comedy i did whatever literally what probably anything that i had written yeah because <laughs> to get up to 15 minutes you know you, it takes a while to get material so yeah, uh, sure. i just did whatever i did don't remember how it went at all it seemed like they were very polite nice people i was a young kid long hair they probably just like i ah, just let him you know, and and then Jeff went up and, did, you know, did his thing. It's Christmas. Let so it my first two jokes. gigs. Yeah. <laughs> so I made like maybe 150 bucks, my total first year of comedy, you know, the the 100 bucks for that one. And then uh, I actually think I won that contest maybe twice in there. So maybe really? 200 bucks and then 50 bucks to open for Jeff Oski.
0: I thought I was doing really good a few months ago. I got third place in like one of those small town little shows. I got ten dollars. Oh yeah, enough to pay for the two beers I had hey. to
2: buy. I was like, "There we go. That's perfect." You got that 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 dollar. It's it. That's the thing with all of these things. First of all, contests don't mean anything. Right. They're really the absolute worst possible <laughs> way to judge comedy in any way. Because what happens, and a general audience wouldn't know this. A lot of comics don't know this. Is what happens is they say this is a contest it's gonna be based on audience voting. So what will happen is somebody will bring a bunch of friends, 20 friends, 30 friends, and maybe there's a few comics doing that. And the audience that came to see their friend won't laugh at other comics. They think because it's a contest, they're not allowed to even enjoy other comics so you end up having these pockets of people that won't laugh that'll stonewall even if they're trying to be friendly they're not going to ever laugh as hard as they're going to laugh for their friends they're going to go over the top they're going to use every acting skill they possibly have to make it seem like their friend is the funniest person in the world because in their minds they're thinking if this person wins the contest then they're going to get a tv show (laughs) they're going to be headlining the club so you know i've got to make it so this person wins and wins show business in general and so it's in the end of it with if without having some sort even independent judges are a very bad way to figure out who was even the funniest at something i i did a a few years ago i won't say the names of the clubs or the TV show but i did a TV show that was more regional it wasn't like last comic standing and they had a contest element of it and so they had eight of us i think they were passing along uh so there was things that were eight per show. So they filmed two shows back to back and out of those, uh, they didn't have enough audience for there to be two separate shows. So they just did 16 comics, one audience and they were going to pass along. I think eight of those comics. So half of the people were going on to the next round and I went up and I did very well. I, you know, I don't think it would be immodest to say I killed because I did. And I saw the other comics, only one comic i thought even approached the laughs that i got in the room and so the end of the show who's going to be going on to the next one uh they start calling off names i was not called i was not in the top eight by that and so i happened to know one of the judges and so all i said was you know i'm i i gotta leave town but you know thanks and and, hopefully i'll see you some other time and he goes, what do you mean you're leaving town? the the next show, you know, the next round is happening tomorrow. I go, oh, I didn't get, I didn't get passed along the next round. And he said, that's impossible. You were number one on my scorecard. I looked at the guy, you know, the judge next to me on his scorecard. You were number one. There was only two judges and an audience participation. There's no way that you didn't end in the top eight they talked to the producers and everything. And it was like, Oh, well we will have him as an alternate. The the audience participation was a a larger component than we make it sound. It's like, it's all phony. It's all fake. You know, that that's fine. I I prefer, I would like every comic who enters any of those things to know this is not a fair fight. This is not a meritocracy. It doesn't matter who's the funniest. This is a casting thing. And if they already have cast who, what you fit, you're not going to make. It. So, are you still willing to yeah. participate? I think would be a much more honest way to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, think I it know. would probably cast a TV at the bar. And get, like... but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a little Shelbyville bar over here. Yeah, <laughs> no, we. Uh, i Every time I go up on stage, I just try to get like one laugh. That's my goal—just one laugh. And yeah, and so far you've only got go one laugh, with me so on let's do it. Journey. You're doing
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I people don't know this about my personality because I don't necessarily do this on stage, but I love roasting people. So that is, yeah. it's all done with love. Should I take my
0: hat off, give you some more to talk about? Me only being 27.
2: <laughs> no, I, I only like talking about comedian skills on stage. I don't want to ever go into. Uh, physical <laughs> issues, issues, kind uh, of feels like saying, I have a lot more physical there, issues than issue. I do, uh,
0: comedy skills. Oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> goodness. So what would you say is, uh, most difficult from starting out once you got to New York to what you do now, more of a frequent scene?
2: Well, what the most difficult thing in comedy in general i think is getting to the place that you are confident that you are funny like actually funny not funny to your friends not made got one laugh on stage genuinely funny and capable of doing this as a profession there's a there is a canyon between just starting and having fun with it and then hitting that place where it's like. I know I'm funny. The audience response can sometimes be inconsequential to that knowledge and it takes a while to get there. So there was many, many nights, many days that I would just drop face first onto the bed, face in the pillow and just go, what am I doing? Like, is this, maybe I made a mistake. Is there something else I'm supposed to be doing with my life? I don't, I don't, Have any other doors open? Is this it? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? I I don't feel any good at all at this thing. And so getting past that, getting, you know, persevering through all of that. And that's probably true of a lot of walks of life where you just have to get to the place that that you feel you have come into your own, that you know who you are as a comedian. I'm funny. I know this. I now have enough data and statistics to prove that I am good at this thing. So individual things don't, don't kill me. And I have a lot of theories in comedy. And one of them is the confidence tank. You just picture a water tank inside of you that is only for confidence. And you have to build that confidence up so that it's, you always have that hot water, you always have that confidence. So that if it dips a little bit, you still have a lot of left in the tank. But so much in your early career as a comedian and starting out, your confidence tank is really low. There's people not laughing at you. You're doing shows in front of four people trying to do fifteen minutes. I did a show, I I can Melody in. It was the Melody Inn and uh, down. I was down it, yes, and it was <laughs> I performed in front of four comics, like you, a bartender. I, did, I was doing a lot of characters at the time. I had been reading up and studying, because I studied comedy. I, I was studying uh, Andy Kaufman at the time. So I was doing some bizarre characters, doing what I thought was hilarious. You know, not necessarily what I thought was hilarious, but something I thought could be very funny, yeah, which sure. was just a crazy person. I thought, what if a, there was just a crazy person on stage? Um, who, who was just battling demons that weren't in the room. And I thought I'll do that kind of a ad libbed impromptu, um, improv style. And a couple minutes into this, all the comics turned their backs to me and just started drinking at the bar. And in oh, my man. head, the only thought I had in my head that whole time, because, you know, when you feel that embarrassment, the, the flushness and the heat in your yeah. face and chest, I was feeling that. And I was, you know, humiliated that they turned their backs on me. And because they're basically saying this guy's not even worth us paying attention to. He's wasting yeah. our time. And I was my only thought was Andy Kaufman just slept on stage. He read read a book on stage and make audiences mad just by doing that. I can survive this 10 or 15 minutes and yeah. I did and it was horrendous, but I learned something from that. For one, don't do that again, but also <laughs> to just be in the commitment of the moment. I'm going yeah. to be here on stage, but that's one of those where it's like my confidence tank was pretty low that night and it's it only got lower when I moved to New York City. Because everything in New York City is like you're not good enough, you're not funny, you stink. Why are you here? Other comics that stink will tell you you stink. It's you know it's not a friendly atmosphere. Whereas Indiana had at least a camaraderie. I moved yeah, here yeah. and there was no camaraderie. Even it was just you're on your own. Good luck. Yeah. And so that confidence so was so low. There were a lot of times were just completely empty. And so that's that's. The hard part. That's where I think a lot of folks are the ones that's the period where they quit and they're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want this. I see people go through it and sometimes they'll be just about to get out of that. Just about to get to their side and they're like, I've had enough of this.
0: Yeah, I know. I went and bombed in front of a crowd up on thirty eighth and uh oh gosh, somewhere on the east side, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just went and bombed in front of that total crowd and I got in the car and I was like are we sure we want to keep doing this? Like I said, uh, is this yeah. what we're going for? And I was like, yeah, we'll keep pushing through a few more
2: months. So still learning. though, yeah. still, and still trying to figure out just all by that. yourself in there saying we, <laughs> it's, it's a very, <laughs> excuse me. It's a very tough business. Because you're putting yourself out there. You know, if you're a salesperson, and I was a terrible salesperson, you know. I had a couple jobs where people wanted me to be a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not good at that. And that's, But that's selling somebody else's product. So when somebody says, no, I don't want that, they're saying, I don't want, you know, that different type of potato peeler or whatever it is, life insurance. I don't want that. When you're selling yourself, when people are like, I don't want you. It feels very personal. Yeah. I don't like you. I don't think you're funny. And they don't necessarily say it in those words. You know, they're sometimes they do. Sometimes people yeah. will be so bold to say, Man, you need to try something else. I'd stick to the day job. You know, they're whatever whatever thing they're saying. Some sometimes it's even worse. Some the sometimes they just give you the side eyes. Go, <laughs> the side eyes, or if you bomb. And then everybody else does well. You know, the, there's the line where everybody shakes the people's hands after our show. Yeah. Uh, when people come by and they just skip you and tell everybody else how great they're doing. Or yeah. sometimes they'll say, you know, Oh, you're great. You're so funny. I love you. And then they'll get to you and be like, you know, uh, just stick with it. You know, <laughs> or keep trying or, Oh, that's, those are the worst. Cause it's like, you got they just smile, kid, to be nice. Yeah. Oh, you know what they really think is you stink yeah
0: Hmm.
1: I think the worst part for me is that last time I did it like all of our friends were there I was like I forgot everything I was going to fucking say it's all gone yeah I walked to the bartender she goes you want it strong I was like yeah
2: yeah (laughs) she's probably used to that it's like that's what everybody wants yeah you know, you said you've done it three times, three times on stage. Yeah.
1: I think that's literally it. Yeah. That's times. all he's
2: done. Yeah. Now I've done live yeah, podcasts I think that,
1: like on stages, but I've done But you haven't done
2: stand up is only three. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big difference because you're alone and it's just, you're being judged on those thoughts. It's not a conversation yeah. in terms of like, well, we, we don't need laughs. Podcasting, even live podcasts, you don't need laughs. Yeah. Constantly. you could like even a one-person show one person show is very different you don't need laughs stand-up comedy you need laughs and really to be a strong professional you need to be getting laughs like every three or four seconds seconds i'm not talking about minutes you know and when you're new it's hard to get a laugh every three to four minutes and so it's a very difficult you know three three um performances in for me my third time on stage ever was for last comic standing when that show was still on air and I auditioned in Chicago and this is, I think it was an important thing for me, not the actual experience of going through last comic standing, but waiting in line. I stood in the freezing cold Chicago morning outside the club from 6am to 10am and waiting to get a little slip that said, you can come back and audition later at a specific time. And I was so cold, I still feel like my feet, my toes are damaged to this day from that. (laughs) And I could see, it started out at six degrees. There was a bank across the street, it would flash the time and the temperature, and it said six degrees and it kept getting colder as the morning went on. Uh, But I did it, I came back at two or three in the afternoon, did did my couple minutes for them, it did not go well. Um, but it wasn't bad enough or weird enough to be on a blooper reel. It was just inconsequential to them. And (laughs) what what was important about it though, was knowing that I have commitment in myself. I can commit to this thing and I can actually, if I put myself through that, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. Going in an open mic in front of four people, trying to be a crazy person and, bombed horrendously for 15 minutes Move to a new city there's just yeah sometimes you just have to prove to yourself that you're capable of something of making some sort of commitment to a thing
0: yeah finding a niche and you're like in your crowd too i mean i feel like that's kind of the hard thing too like not everybody goes up there and can just tell a joke about a blowjob and think they're going to be get laughs every time either i think that's what a lot of people get mistaken with comedy too is like like what you said earlier is you can make your buddies laugh, but to be Mm -hmm. an actual professional comedian, like you are like, you have to be making people laugh consistently and constantly.
2: Yes, yeah. Every time when you're professional, your job is to make people laugh. So it's not to say there's never a scenario where you get into where a certain audience doesn't like you. There's, you know, top top of the mountain, Rushmore, Comics that will get into a situation like that still Um, because that's just the nature of it. Sometimes, every all the stars align, there's a confluence of everything that comes into wow, I just that this audience isn't for me and I'm not for them. But your job is go make people laugh, and so it can't be a one out of ten thing time, it needs to be 99 out of 100, 999 out of a thousand. You make people laugh, yeah, at that show.
0: sure do you have any more questions um i mean how much do you travel and stuff like are you i know obviously you got a comedy seller background so you're there a lot probably how often do you get out of new york city and stuff
2: i get out quite a bit uh you know the pandemic put a wrench in what a lot of things were but uh generally speaking um I'll be, I'll be in Boston this, this upcoming weekend. Uh, I've got two two three weekends, usually a month, that I'm going out and doing something. Uh, sometimes it doesn't have to be a weekend. It could be a week now. I'm going to go down to Philly and do uh, a show down there. Uh, there's a lot of just one-nighter stuff that I'll pick up. Or, uh, you know I was in Indiana a few weeks ago, just doing a corporate gig there for a trucking company. And so it it varies, but I, am I'm out as much as I can be. So whenever there's work, I pretty much say yes, every time. Right. For sure.
0: My last question, just because I'm a married man with a wife and daughter as well. How is it um, like Mm -hmm. when you travel for comedy and stuff, how does that work for you? Do you find that like more difficult or do you and your wife have like a way of just getting through that? on your guys' like own, I guess?
2: Yeah, it's, you know, uh, I'm just going to assume your wife does not is not a comedian, or is she? No. Okay, so... She tries to go with gay, me everywhere I go, though. <laughs> that won't last. That will not last beyond uh, a year or two. But it's something where my wife is a comedian, and so we alternate. So if she gets a booking uh I try to keep that night off whether it's a New York club uh, it, or not you know uh, for for like the comedy cellar I was doing a show there every night or every Monday night for a few years so it, th- we kind of knew Monday night I'm going to be at the comedy cellar right so that's one this weekend uh we're both going to be in Boston and so my sister-in-law happens to be she's going to be in town she's going to take care of our daughter the dogs it's going to be, that's, that's how it's going to be done. I took my daughter to Indiana with me when I went and did that Indiana corporate gig a few weeks ago, because she asked me and she, she wants to see, she's, she's five. She just turned five. She's a kindergartner. And so she wants to see some family. And so I was like, you know what, let me just see, you know, and like literally the, the spirit airline ticket was like, another $20 to bring her along. I was like, yeah, I think we can do this. So yeah, might as well. well. I mean, it's going to cost me more to check a bag than you. So I can take you. (laughs) And so there's that stuff, you know, it's, it can be a little added work to it. I know you might be a little luckier than us. We don't have family in New York. We don't have any family at all the closest one is uh, my wife's sister who is in Baltimore and so we kind of just got to make it happen sometimes we bring her along sometimes we bring her the dogs everybody we pack them up we're going we try not to do that too much we did a, a show a Valentine's Day show uh, a couple nights ago and at, at QED in Astoria it's a comedy club there in, in Astoria Queens and it was early enough, it was a seven thirty show, we brought our daughter with us. But if it was any later, probably wouldn't have done that. We probably would have just said only one of us is available. But that's that's the basic crux of it. if you if you have family, that's a big one where you can say daughter gets to go with Nana or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I wish we yeah. had Yeah, you're you're like staying that. there tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's all I had.
0: I, uh, I know I, I appreciate you coming on for sure. We appreciate it very much. And, uh, glad talking to you and um, definitely going to keep watching your reels and everything on Facebook and YouTube and all that good jazz, man.
2: Absolutely. Anybody that's listening, you can subscribe to me as well. I'm at comedian Luke on everything, all the social media, Instagram, YouTube all comedian Luke and my wife and I have a podcast called the kid is in school. And so you can listen to Favorite us list. where we just talk while the kid is in school. Cause you, as a parent, you know, like when the child is around, <laughs> you talk about what the child wants to talk about. You don't get to have. Exactly. The you're about bluey. <laughs> yes. You're talking about bluey instead. You know, uh, we talk when she's gone, so it can be whatever we want to talk about. It's, it's not dirty or anything. It's just nice to be able to talk to a, an adult and make it a, a something that's not bluey or Blues Clues, or something else that involves Blue. Rescue pals. <laughs> yes. Alrighty.
0: Well, we appreciate it, Mr. Luke Thayer, everybody. Thank you, sir.
2: Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank so you. much. See
1: you. All right. From cups and keychains to t shirts and other apparel, check out All Things Momish on Facebook. In a world that's digital, don't be afraid to stray from the norm. Get your pictures taken by Carrie Johnson Photography. She does weddings, events, portraits. Check them out on Facebook, Carrie Johnson Photography.
0: Hey, everybody. Are you looking to get some new concrete or maybe asphalt and masonry work done around your house? Want to build a new basketball court around back for your kids? You know, maybe something cool like that, right? Maybe you want to reseal coat your driveway Hit up Elite Outdoor Services at 317-681-2489. Ask for Troy. That's who you want to reach out to. Get on Facebook, follow Elite Outdoor Services. Check out all the things that they do concrete, asphalt, and masonry-wise. Give them a look.